All right, what's going on, Doctrine and Dudes? Uh, welcome, thanks for joining us. This is technically episode, excuse me, episode three, season two. Come on. I'm very excited. I've got Pastor Tim Lindsay and his lovely wife, Rebecca, with me. Pastor Tim is the uh, Dream Team pastor at Seacoast. Thanks for joining me today. That's right. Thank you. So excited to be here. Very excited. Tell me, just real short, give me like 30 seconds. So what's your role at Seacoast? Role at Seacoast, basically the volunteer force is called the Dream Team. Okay. And uh, me and my team oversee that Dream Team. Mm -hmm. And also the assimilation uh, process. How people come from the streets to the seats. I see. And become a part of the Dream Team. Uh Yeah. Plug them in. Plug them in. Cool. Uh, this episode, I want to start off a little bit different. I want to do an icebreaker. Okay, yeah. so we've all we've all been part of like small groups, yeah. and you know it's uh, the getting to know you phase is oh, awkward. Dear. And yeah, the, the the small group leader, you know. I, so me growing up, when I heard the word icebreaker, I was like, oh, this is gonna be so cheesy and weird. Okay, so I found a really good resource. It's called the Big Book of If. <laughs> the right. Big Book of If. Exactly, and it's a bunch of questions that start with if. It is not a uh, Christian, so there are questions in here that are, you know, yeah. not, not PG, but I've picked out a few, all right? So I'm just giving everybody a heads up, but this is like a, a nice little icebreaker. Okay, and you don't, don't overthink it. I've got a few for each of you. All, all right. right. First question, here we go. Tim, we're gonna start off with you. If you could have permanent possession of any single object in the world, what would you want it to be? Can I say Bible or <laughs> <laughs> you were like the Dead Sea Scroll, like the, the Gutenberg Bible, or or oh, uh, what? Like think of any object, any object apart from the Bible. Let me think now. Any object that I'd really like to possess, a nice boat. Oh, okay. That's we're in a good spot for that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rebecca, I got one for you. Uh, if you could have had, excuse me, if you could have had the starring role in one film already made. Which movie would you pick? Braveheart. <laughs> Braveheart? That's my favorite movie. Wow. Okay. Come on. Now, would you want to be the William Wallace or his wife character? I think the William Wallace, uh, the fighter. Wow. Yeah. That's bold. John like Duck. <laughs> All right, Tim. If you could have personally witnessed one event in history, what would you want to have seen? Oh, my goodness. One event in history. Mm-hmm. Well, quite honestly, I've always pictured myself somewhere like 2,000 years ago, roaming the streets of Jerusalem with Jesus uh-huh. in, one of, in one of those events. Okay. Um, but uh, other than that, I'd, you know, it sounds weird, but I'd love to have seen some of World War II. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, just see the, uh, the, what people went through, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe as a spectator. As a spectator, <laughs> not as a participant, absolutely. Right. Right. Come on. All right, Rebecca. If you could receive one small package this very moment, who would it be from and what would be in it? It's kind of a deeper one. I know I'm putting you guys on the spot with these. Well, the answer is not that deep. I oh. think it's just some chocolate from Switzerland <laughs> for my parents. That's a good answer. I like that. I like that. Swiss chocolate? Yeah. That's great. Uh, Tim, if you could choose exactly what you will eat and drink for your last meal, <laughs> what would the menu consist of? Oh, that's perfect. That would be the sleeper menu from Pose. From Pose. Come Pose on. Tavern. Yeah. Pose, yeah, yeah. Down on Sullivan's Island, uh-huh. they make the best burger, uh-huh. best fries. Okay. Love it. That's a great. That's a good shout out. All right, Rebecca, last one. 
If you could make a gift, and this is a little similar to the other question, if you could make a gift of one thing to any single person alive today, who would it be and what would you give them? Well, it would be my husband right now. He oh. lost his wedding ring two weeks. I would get him a new one. <laughs> wow, you just, just like... That's a sore one. Three, three. <laughs> How did you lose it? Oh my goodness. I've had this wedding ring since yeah. we were married uh, yeah. 26, 27 years ago. Oh, and I took it off on my last exercise at the gym, uh-huh. put it in my pocket, forgot that I put, had taken it off, forgot that I put it in my pocket, went uh, with some friends to the beach, hopped on a surfboard. Yeah, oh no, yeah. And lost it. <laughs> okay, all right. That's a good answer, good answer. I appreciate you guys um, playing along. Uh, so on a more serious note, you know, one of the topics I want to talk about tonight is, or today I should say, is um, I'm interested to hear... Uh, a little peek, you know, behind the curtains for you all. Tell me, you know, we've got a lot going on in the world right now with coronavirus, um, the uh, injustices that are coming out. So tell me what's something that God's teaching you? I'm interested to hear. Yeah, so like for uh, for us, it's really sort of um, weird being here at this time mm. because we come from Switzerland and uh, I'm half Irish, half Swiss. Grew up in Ireland until I was 16, then moved to Switzerland. And Switzerland is a melting pot of different cultures. Mm. And uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, uh, our daughter Chiara was the only Swiss girl Mm. in her whole class. (laughs) Can you imagine being in a class of like 22, 23, maybe 25? And uh, she was the only, and I'm half Irish, half Swiss. And my wife, Rebecca, is, is, uh, you know, half German, half Austrian. So our Swiss part to us is also very small. Uh But uh, so we grew up with all these different uh, cultures with uh, black, brown, yellow, uh, you know, white, uh, totally, um, you know, Muslim, Christian, uh, different backgrounds. And so I think, you know, one of um, uh, Pastor Josh's uh, podcasts in the morning encouragement Mm -hmm. that he talked about, he talked about the need for proximity to be close with each other. And I was just thinking about that myself. I think that's one of the biggest reasons um, why we didn't have such of a, a racial problem growing up in Switzerland or our kids didn't have because we had close proximity to so many different cultures, to so many different backgrounds and had to adapt and learn languages. A lot of the Swiss kids will know more than one language mm-hmm. and they'll know words in like almost like eight or nine different mm-hmm. languages. And uh, so they'll be able to tell a joke maybe or something like that. <laughs> so it's a, a lot of crisscross. I'm not saying, you know, there's no racism in, in Switzerland. There is absolutely. But um, uh, it's it doesn't seem to be as visible mm-hmm. as it is here. Gotcha. So coming here, just, uh, yeah, finding our way around that and uh, sort of seeing what it's like in America, seeing what it's like in the South, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of, you know, things are playing out here. And one big question that I've been asking myself over the last week or two is why didn't Jesus, why didn't he speak out more on social injustice? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Jesus speak out more on gender inequality? Like he's sitting down with the Samaritan at the well Mm -hmm. and uh, he could have spoke about inequality, but he didn't. He spoke about, you know, living water that she could access. Mm -hmm. She's here. She has physical water, has physical access, but there's a, you know, there's a spiritual uh, aspect and he spoke to her and he spoke to her heart when the, um, you know, I think it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Mary Magdalene, but it was, um, was it uh, Mary from Martha mm-hmm. who had that bottle of perfume mm. 
and uh, you know it's a, a year's salary worth mm. of perfume and uh, she pours that perfume out and the disciples are outraged and say you know why did you get rid of all this perfume we could have sold it and given the money to the poor mm-hmm. and Jesus's answer is you know the poor you'll always have among you but you won't always have me so he's again speaking to the heart speaking about their relationship to him and he's okay with a year's worth of salary being just poured out before him why didn't Jesus speak up like you know against that mm-hmm. or when Jesus was standing before the Roman um, you know government um, Pilate sort of the authoritative figure for the Roman government in that area and he's standing before uh, Pilate and uh, you know Pilate says why did you know uh, I can't remember what the question that he asks Jesus he's like uh, they say you're a king is yeah. that true yeah he's asking Jesus like is that true of you and Jesus says you know my I am a king or is this he says is this something you know or something somebody told you and he says my kingdom's not of this world or else my disciples so, would fight for me and stuff exactly yeah. I thought that was a, I mean that's an amazing answer Jesus saying you know my disciples would fight mm-hmm. against this injustice. My f- disciples would fight against this, yeah. that and the other. But uh, we're n- I'm not, you know, my kingdom is another mm-hmm. kingdom. It's from another place. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just been thinking about that all the time and uh, thinking about how Jesus always focused on the heart, mm-hmm. always focused on individual transformation. And he transformed the world. Mm-hmm by transforming you know three very close disciples and then you know another maybe uh, nine uh, disciples maybe eight disciples minus Judas or whatever and and that was multiplied to 72 disciples that was multiplied to you know 500 disciples that uh, were Mm -hmm. you know in that uh, upper room or or around that uh, area at that time and uh, transformed the world and sometimes I think you know we tend to put the responsibility of our personal change and the change of you know our families and our communities on somebody else's shoulders Mm. uh, on on a political process on a social process on uh, some kind of psychological self-help process or whatever where Jesus says no I you know I am the answer You will. You won't always have me. I am the answer, and the answer is a transformed heart. I will change your heart. You know, I'll I'll take that heart of stone and I'll I'll give you a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And I think you know it's okay to protest. It's okay to stand up. I you know I've done it myself, um, but it's not okay to forget what will really bring change to our lives and our communities, and that is individual hearts that are being changed. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the importance of that and, and the importance of focusing on that because you can't win. You focus on the left, you can't win. You focus on the right, you can't win. You can't, and, and, and I think Jesus, you know, he didn't want his disciples or the people around him to be distracted from that individual process mm. or otherwise he would have spoke to it. But he, he wanted to always bring them back to that point. Hey, I'm the son of God. I am, you know, I am the source of change in your life. And it's about you and me and, and, and our future together and, mm. and, you, and the community that we want to change together. Yeah, I'm sure it was uh, helpful that Jesus had uh, some insight into, you know, what's going on inside, yeah. you know, uh, the things you're talking about, you know, speaking to the heart, getting to these deeper spiritual truths. And he's able to pierce to that. Um, 
but part of that, of course, is because to some extent, you know, he's, he understands where they're coming from. Like he's got this supernatural. He's got the supernatural, but that's the same thing that you have. You have that supernatural, the the, you know, the spirit that's mm-hmm. living in you. And you can, you can go about it the same way he went about it. Mm. And I think that's so important that we don't, you know, separate ourselves from, from him and his process and who he, he's our example. Sure. We're following in his footsteps. Everything that he, uh, you know, everything that he did, we can do. And, you know, I was also thinking, sorry if I'm, you just, <laughs> please. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Direct me in, in a I different direction if you want to go. But like in, in Mark chapter one and in verse 15, he says, um, you know, the time has come and uh, the kingdom of God is near. Mm. Repent and believe. And, you know, the word he uses there, the time has come, is kairos. Okay. He's using a special word. And as your listeners will probably know, <laughs> there are many forms of time in uh-huh. Greek uh-huh. Uh, in the New Testament. Um, and there's like, you know, there's, um, uh, there's actually more than just two, but I'm just, just talking about chronos, which is chronology. It's, uh, you know, days, months, years, weeks, whatever. Um, uh, birth dates and you know anniversaries those are all sort of chronological uh, time and then there's Kairos special events that happen in that time Uh, and we don't measure Kairos moments by time we don't say um, you know this wedding was uh, four hours (laughs) 31 minutes and two seconds no we say it was a fantastic time I can't remember how long it took but it was absolutely (laughs) awesome Mm -hmm. or or the or the death of somebody something negative that's happening Mm. happened in our lives and uh so Jesus says there's a special event that's happening in time. There's a special kairos. Mm-hmm. Hap- so he's speaking. That's this, this is the way he, life change happens. This is the way heart mm-hmm. change happens. He speaks into this chronological time. He says it's a special time right here, right now. So God is doing something. The kingdom is near. He's mm-hmm. doing something in your life right now. What is that Kairos moment? You know, what is that point that he's bringing to you right now? And he, he, and then he goes in, he says, and the process, how you react to that process is, you know, that's the most important thing. The most important thing is not that he, that a Kairos moment is happening, although that's very important, but how do I react to that? I can mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. you know, circumvent it and I can just uh, keep on going and not listen and close my ears, close my eyes and just, just keep on going. Or... I can engage with that Kairos moment. I can engage with Jesus. I can engage with his thoughts, with his words. I can really put my heart on the table and say, okay, God, what are you saying to me? As Pastor Greg says, after every single message, what are you saying to me and what am I going to do about it? And that's mm-hmm. really the repent and believe process. What are you you know, calling me away from? Mm-hmm. And uh, what do I need to leave behind? And you know, what's the, the process of faith? Um, how can I, you know, how can I believe? How can I walk in in a different way in a changed life, in a transformed heart? Yeah, and uh, it can be difficult. So I'm interested to hear from Rebecca. Why? So these Kairos moments and these, te- this, you know, God's teaching us. Why do you think it's difficult for us to make those changes? Because it means I have to do it. Everything else you get to blame somebody else. But this means it's actually its ownership. It's maybe my wrongdoing mm-hmm. or maybe even my good doing. I can get bad in things too, like mm-hmm. the positive Kairos moments. But it means I need to take the action steps. I need to um, even decide I don't want to be the victim anymore. I want to be the overcomer mm-hmm. and I want to come into the belief side of I'm actually going to do something about it. And it's much harder to work and change yourself 
than expecting from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you think, um, you know, how do you think God brings about these Kairos moments? Like, what are ways that God teaches us? Through people, through circumstances. I mean, he just mentioned big ones like a wedding birth of somebody or somebody dying. But um, other big ones like 9-11, mm-hmm. if I mentioned a date, you probably remember where you were and stuff. So those are like big Kairos moments, mm-hmm. times we're in now, COVID stuff. Um, so I think even the time around, but then it's the courage and being intentional of asking yourself, what does it mean t- for me now? Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. Where, um, where do you see me in that? Is there something I need to do about it? And maybe you're already good at it, but then it's also a good reflection point. I think Kairos, it's worth to have a little stop look at it and then go around of asking the question and you could be good and saying oh no I just want to go on and doing the good things or or oh no actually there's some stuff especially if you're married very often it's the spouse <laughs> saying something very often <laughs> <laughs> very often and it's not just hey I'm sick of you or I don't like being around you anymore very often there are really things in my life I actually could change and should change and so I think very often it's the people around. And in my case, mostly. It's the, in reading in the Bible, asking the stuff, but it's, it's I'm sorry, okay. it's asking myself those things. And it's, it's um, ask, reading the Bible, asking intentionally, what mm-hmm. do you specifically want to tell t- to me in the circumstance I'm in? Very often it's easier to pray if you're in a stressful moment, um, but also in normal moments or than people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kairos moments, you know, they, uh, there's big ones, there's small ones. Kairos moments happen all the time. They're moments where we have to, where we have to be stopped to think mm-hmm. and stop and reflect. Uh, something going on uh, can be as small as, you know, um, uh, crossing the road and a car, you know, almost hitting you. Well, that's not that small, but like, <laughs> um, you know, there's um, all these just... Uh, spontaneous spontaneous moments mm-hmm. and I, I mean I almost always have a Kairos moment on Sunday at church <laughs> yeah. you know singing a song and uh, all of a sudden I, you know I'm thinking about I'm, I'm singing about how good God is and I'm thinking about a, a situation in my life that isn't good at the moment mm. and I'm going and I'm singing to my soul and and you are good God and that's a Kairos moment and uh, okay, God, what are you what are you saying to me now? You know, you're saying you're going to work out everything for my good. You're saying you know you're going to take care of me. You're saying you're going to provide for me. You're saying, you're gonna, and so on. And and uh, you know, so a lot of the time, I don't know. In our culture, um, I think we're we're not that deep. We don't uh, we don't allow these moments to sink in, mm-hmm. and we don't allow those moments to process. That's why I love being on the men's hike with you. <laughs> I, I know Spencer for all who are listening from the men's hike. We went on a hike together yeah. four days, and it was an absolute awesome time. And it, and that was a, such a great place because um, you know through the teaching, through our experience, mm-hmm. whatever, and there was lots of Kairos moments mm-hmm. bubbling up to the surface, and we had time to process them. We didn't have a phone to distract us. We didn't yeah. have our work to distract us. We didn't have our families. <laughs> to distract us uh, we, we we engage with that and you know some of the people on the hike um took a bit longer to engage you know some of them were very mm. ready and even like you know the first evening around the fire they're like oh my goodness god is saying this to me and i need to act and mm. how am i going to do this yeah. and some of them you know took a step back because they knew that if they engage with that kairos moment it means that they have to become vulnerable mm. it means that they have to show a side of themselves 
that others haven't seen yet. And it means that I have to also take steps. You know, after a couple of months, my hike guys are going to come back to me and they're going to ask me, you know, did this change? How's this with this person? How's that? And then I need to, I have to have an answer ready. And so, um, yeah, so it's, I think that's one of the most difficult things is the process afterwards of, of, of how to react. And yeah, and to that point, something that, you know, God's been teaching me the last couple of years is that um, God has people on unique and specific paths and the process looks different yeah. for every person. And I, I appreciate that about God and how he works in our lives, that he's not a cookie cutter. You know, it's not uh, robots yeah. or here's yeah. the program you're going to do, yeah. but rather, you know, he's got this, he's got you on this path. He's working for your good. And some guys are going to take a left here and there, yeah. and it make, takes more time than others. Yeah. And that has uh, given me an appreciation or empathy maybe yeah. for what guys are going through. Yeah. That's uh, good. You know, the hike like is being vulnerable and just recognize that, look, God's got them you know, where yeah. he wants to put them and it's, it's not always going to be the same for you. Yeah. You know, he's going to have you go through yeah. your, your path and teach you this way. And, um, and I think Rebecca, like you were mentioning, you know, scripture and prayer, talking about worship. These are, you know, ways, uh, and relationships that you mentioned, the experiences. Um, it's a pretty amazing thing when you really take a big step back and say, look, yeah. God's done that with each person since the beginning of people. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, we're we're in this one piece of yeah. time, but God, right, is like He set this whole thing going. Yeah. Um, and that personable, yeah. you know, and 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 obviously that's, you know, the uh, the um, pinnacle of that is the incarnation, right? Yeah. That's you know yeah. that we have a Savior that's able to relate to the struggles and lives because He was human. Yeah. And this really exemplifies His his personal, yeah. you know, touch yeah. to us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Rebecca, Rebecca did, you have, did you want to say anything about what God's teaching you? Anything in specific? Well, for us, we just came back. Oh, we, we came here um, about 10 months ago, and it's been a very tough time. And mm. one of, for me, definitely, is just to keep on going on, trusting him, um, that he is in control, and whatever he started, he will bring to good completion and so I'm a go-getter I lo love to achieve things so when things not working out it's hard for me to submit and just to still trust him mm. but then it's that's the kairos again of you know God is so yeah. much bigger than me um, his, yeah. he has the bigger vision the bigger picture than me and to really trust in him and then with that like even you said before it's um, you know also the self-worth I'm worthy mm. to grow. Mm. I'm worthy mm. to get stronger. I'm worthy to have breakthroughs in my life and be hungry for more. So even though in like the keep on going on and trusting God that there is so much more. And I think even that could be a good Kairos just to stop. How am I doing? And mm. am I satisfied? And if yes, why? Mm. Isn't, isn't there more for me? And to really start mm. seeing the bigger picture through him that's something which means dying to myself but allowing him to get stronger and with that claiming the victory and having the breakthroughs so I'm mm -hmm. excited mm -hmm. for the process even though it's not easy mm -hmm. yeah that's great thanks for sharing that was I loved it here I'm interested to hear about uh, Seacoasts you know from as a from a church perspective we're going through 
um, a unique time and there's planning going into how we're going to reopen, when we're going to reopen. There's a lot of details that are there. Give me some insight a little bit, you know, again, give me like a peel the onion back behind the curtains, look at what, what it looks like from a church leadership in the pandemic. Like what are the conversations like on how we're going to reopen and, and the feedback you're getting around. Yeah. Um, I think, um, our leadership is, uh, you know, as you know, Pastor Greg and Pastor Josh both are very sort of humble, um, low-key, understated. I mean, <laughs> it's like the picture of understatement, okay. right? So like uh, for them to say, all right, guys, we're heading back to church. Yeehaw. <laughs> Uh, you know, June the 12th, everybody get their motor started. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. No. And we're no. off to the races. Uh, and we're off to the races. Yeah. That's me. That's me. I'm like that. But um, no, they're not. And uh, thank God for that. Um, they're just, uh, I mean, Rebecca and I, you know, almost, I'm, this isn't uh, a joke and it's not just for the podcast or whatever. But I mean, every day we say how thankful we are for mm. our leadership. Um, they are, are people who really want the best for others mm. and want to see life transformation happen and are not satisfied with just an event on Sunday. They're not driven by that event. They're not driven by, you know, the big party, the big lights and all that. They're driven by, you know, how can really people uh, be, become more like Jesus? And uh, so that's always sort of like the guiding light in it. And... Um, they um so behind the scenes <laughs> there's not much to peek through <laughs> basically what we uh we um you know we realized very early on okay we're not gonna you know it came very quickly mm. there was no preparation i was in a meeting on thursday and we literally just you know we all thought up until wednesday we're going to have you know services for uh. the next two or three weeks but then uh, uh word got to us through the government or whatever and we literally like in the shortest amount of time, mm -hmm. had to cancel the next Sunday. Right, right. And Things I, changed minute by minute. Yeah. For weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was incredible. And then uh, all of a sudden, we couldn't go to our offices anymore. And so, like, you know, we were reeling the first uh, week, like, you know, who's where, who's what, uh -huh. <laughs> how do we keep in contact? And uh, But then after about, uh, I can speak for my team and around, and the people that I know around me, um, uh, after, you know, in, into the second week, it was awesome. Uh, got to get used to Microsoft Teams, get used to Zoom calls, uh -huh. and uh, we really uh, did a. I mean, <laughs> we really did a great job. Good we did a great job of of uh, reaching out to people. So one of the first things that we did as a whole team is we rang up every single person in Seacoast. I, I heard uh, that was a, like a list of like twenty thousand people or something like that. Uh -huh. And, uh, were you involved in this? You were calling. Yeah, I uh, I I uh, did the first round. I didn't uh -huh. have to. I didn't have to do as many as maybe sure. other other people. I wanted it to be a part of it. I mean, it was how did they divvy it up? Is alphabetical, random? Yeah. So you uh, you got into a computer and there was a list there, and you just uh, knocked off names. Uh, if you okay. if you saw a name that you knew and you uh -huh. wanted to uh -huh. ring that person, then you knocked off that name. So it's like a, a shared. Sheet, uh, yes. file. Yeah. And so everybody can access it and it's just yeah. going through it. Yeah. 
And uh, the conversation that I had were just amazing. Like, you know, not all of them, but sure. uh, some of them, like people were just so thankful for the call. Um, they started sharing, you know, where they're at and, and what they're looking forward to. Uh -huh. And there was some really like, you know, miracle stories also. People ringing at the exact right time wow. um, before something drastic happened in the in a household or whatever. And uh, so that was really cool. And uh, But we're... Who, all... Whose idea was that? Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, so, um, or I, I mean, like I think we got it from another church. Okay, yeah. another church uh, reached out. That's what they did. And there's like, hey, we're gonna call every yeah. And the great coaster. thing is, and the great thing is, we reached out to our dream team. So it wasn't just us as a staff calling. I see. Uh, there was a I don't know. There was about a hundred dream teamers mm -hmm. who took on their own separate list and did you know uh, a lot of elders who were in there as well mm -hmm. and just did a fantastic job of reaching out to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. It's amazing. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, reach yeah. for such a large church yeah. uh, to pull something off like that is, is yeah. awesome. It's yeah. really cool. I had one lady, <laughs> called her up and she said, uh, oh yeah, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't living in state anymore. They're like, you know, some uh, of them are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not a necessarily up, super up-to-date list. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't know where people are. Exactly. Okay, great, great. So this lady said, well, that's so kind of you. I can't believe it. You call me up and my church pastor doesn't give a crap. <laughs> hasn't, hasn't called me up yet. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Wherever you are. So it was, uh, it, was, it was funny as well. I mean, just, I don't know. It just like think about A, the way God can use that and B, just the, just the, like it reminds me of an old school phone tree back when I was in high school I was on a soccer team and if yeah. practice was canceled, you had this pyramid scheme, you know, yeah. okay, you call these yeah. two people, yeah. you call these two. It reminds me of that. But I mean, we're talking about a whole nother level. This isn't 15 kids. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. talking, I don't even know how big the list was. It was over 20,000. I mean, yeah. just looking at that and thinking of the conversations yeah. and um the touch yeah i mean it's yeah it's mind-blowing yeah what it is but if you express again that's what's all about it's about god and you mm. not just the church building or the programming yeah. it's really he's interested in you and this was a chance to express it hey mm. we want to see you want to hear from you how are you doing what can we do for you and offer prayer right away and what i really loved about the seacoast uh, culture is serving Mm. serve people how can we serve you how can we serve people coming you know blah 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 and uh, because that's an intrinsic value of ours is like when the situation change the value doesn't so mm. you just ask yourself okay how are we going to serve people in this situation mm -hmm. and that was one of the one of the ways we could have done it and you know we did it also at the dream center there was a lot lots of other things going on that we we're able to serve even more than yeah. we were in a normal time right and it was just awesome and you know we have such a great um lots of great uh, people who are so committed to the church mm. financially we didn't take you know we took a little bit of a blow probably i don't know all the numbers <laughs> But from what I hear, um, yeah, the, the blow wasn't big at all. And uh, it was just amazing, you know, mm -hmm. how people are committed to our family mm -hmm. and uh, want to see... Stay faithful. Yeah, I want to see w that God continues to do that work through us in whichever, you know, situation that we're in. It's amazing. Like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming, doing the podcast with me. Uh, Tim, I got you down for teaching a class <laughs> next time. <laughs> right, you're on the hook already. Uh, so thanks for tuning in and thanks for coming. All right, thank you, Spencer.